2: What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lats class for short here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network as EP196 is a go. Jake Elliott, Tino Farrow with you, and thanks for joining us because we got a monster of a program lined up for you and your listening pleasure. Let's get this thing right off the top here. Period number three, Evan Sheminau is back. We got our Lax Class Report Cards and our Lax Class Locks brought to you by Cool Beck Canada. I didn't even look to see it. I totally forgot to lay down the, the parlay this week, Tino, so I don't even know how that went. But we'll talk about that in period three with Evan. Period number two is big-time guest here. We got the brand-new commissioner of the National Lacrosse League in one, Brett Frude. Looking forward to this conversation. I've had a chance to kind of do a little bit of research, and you know, he's been doing some interviews and all that sort of stuff. And uh, we got him here on Lax Glass. We're gonna we're gonna talk to him for for a bit and uh, see what he knows about the NLL and lacrosse and what the future is for the National Lacrosse League. So, looking forward to Brett Frued coming up in period number two here in period one big focus of course stampede stallions and whatever else we can jam in tino welcome back to the podcast my friend it i think we're setting history here on lax class this week because it is early in the morning and you got me up we're recording my brain is not fully functioning quite yet hopefully by the time we have the commissioner on that changes but uh welcome back to
3: lax class man how's it going good you know what like I don't know, maybe this is is maybe this is specific to me, but you ever had those like trips, you're going for a guy's weekend where you gotta get up so early, but you're kind of excited to be doing it. Mm. So you're you got the brain fog, but you're like happy to be here kind of thing. That's kinda of how I feel right now. Like I'm happy to be recording, but when my alarm went off at whatever time it was, yeah. like six AM, I was like,
2: uh I thought you were gonna say I? I was I thought you are gonna say that you know that feeling when you're like excited this ain't it
3: <laughs> I were, I going no to no me. we're always we're always having be recording here, and yeah like you mentioned huge program so i'm really excited about yeah it. tons um, to talk about uh this week
2: but what uh what have you been doing man it's uh it's been a pretty nice uh weather wise weekend out there farmers markets uh, so <laughs> what, what do you got going on
3: uh it's been like a busy week and weekend for me i uh uh, this past weekend i was at a wedding with uh jen's family so i don't know if you're like a dance floor guy but i personally am oh um so T- uh, any, any wedding gonna
2: love you more and more King, <laughs> saying things like farmer's markets and now you're telling me you're a dancer
3: oh uh, and let's clarify here like i'm not a dancer like i'm not a good dancer by any means but i'm really good with the finger guns i always tell people like <laughs> finger guns and you just stick your butt out and go for it and uh... but the bride couch being was like She came right Hang on a second
2: here. Hang on a second. Finger guns and stick your butt out and go. I, I, i'm, I'm having a hard time picturing that. i don't even know if i want a picture that. <laughs> oh
3: you do maybe you'll see it one day okay we'll okay but at one point i mean i was doing something right because the bride came up to me and she's like you know what you've got the hips like that's <laughs> oh, oh, it i think i win the wedding oh, i think it's oh, over <laughs> oh, 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 oh. where was it uh, uh it was at this uh lodge on wanak lake mm. um so mosquito infested but very nice uh very visually appealing and they were handing out um They had alcoholic and non-alcoholic popsicles or freezies or whatever for uh, during the reception. So that was fantastic. Um, You're right
2: in the wheelhouse of like wedding time now. Hey, like, oh, yeah, you're going to be probably getting married pretty soon. All your friends are getting married. And and, like, oh, man, I remember those years where it's just like wedding after wedding. And it's always in the dead of summer. And uh, man, (laughs) I used to sweat like crazy back in those days. Uh,
3: Anything else going on? uh over the weekend like nothing really too crazy that i can think of went and parked myself in a lake last night what uh, lake? Got, um it's like it's well it's, it's a river like you know in maple ridge i don't know how familiar you are you are with maple ridge fairly but if you go down like north on 224th there's like a bridge um and people float down there like you can start at, at gold creek if you want or hot, hot rocks or, yeah or, yeah, hot yeah rock. exactly yeah. And you yeah. can float down so there's an area that that me and jen went to we just put the camping chairs out and our feet in the water for a few hours, and that should be the you know, Jen and I, <sighs> whatever. I,
2: <laughs> I, I got a little situation uh, by my place too, the Coquellum River, where I could, yes, uh, that's just, right, like, skip on over, and and we did a little bit of that on Sunday.
3: Very but nice.
2: man, Tito, I'll tell you, it's been a bit of a whirlwind here in the last uh, 48 72 hours for yours truly. Thursday, <clears throat> buckle up for this, here, yeah, Thursday. Queens Park Arena final game of the regular season goes down between the bellies and the Adnax and a lot on the line. Like Coquitlam wins that game. They finish second and will play Nanaimo. If they lose that game, they play Langley and you're going to have two mainland teams and two Island teams playing in the first round. And the way the schedule worked out, if Coquitlam won, There was going to be two games on Saturday, both on the mainland. If they lost, no game on the mainland until Sunday. I'm going up to Penticton right after the game. Like, the car is packed. We're ready to go right after the game. And, you know, we're going to the Okanagan. An extra day up there would have been kind of lovely, right? Get the... Coquellan wins the game, so I know now... That I gotta be back in time for a four o'clock start on Saturday. This is Thursday night, nine thirty, nine forty-five PM. I'm leaving Queen's Park for the Okanagan So we head on up. Take the number three. I watched the news. Tina, you, know, you know, I like to watch the news now that I'm <laughs> approaching later life years here.
3: Uh and self self-burn. Yeah, nice.
2: Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, checking the road conditions, all that sort of stuff. Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. So we take the number three, the whole Princeton. We get to Carmias, and there's a little junction where you cut off up towards, like, Twin Lakes and Apex. And, and it's like a bit of a shortcut to, to Penticton. Well, we make the turn. And, and keep in mind now, we've been driving for three and a half, four hours. It's the middle of the night. It's, you know, 1 a.m. in the morning. Just finished calling a game. And we turned the corner to, to kind of make our way to Apex. And literally, we can see fire on the side of the mountain. Oh, no. And I said, this is not good. Drove another 50, 75 feet, come around a corner. Sure shit. There's the, the road crews. Blocked off. Pull up. Uh, where are you going? Uh, we're going to Pitticton. Well, you're not going this way. Go back down the, the highway and take a left. You're going through a Soyuz. Okay. Okay. <sighs> So that tacks on a good hour, hour and ten <laughs> minutes to the trip. So we roll into Penticton about, I don't know, man, like quarter to three, something Ugh. like that. Get unloaded, get to bed. I'm, I'm, I've promised a buddy that's staying up there. We're playing around to disc golf in the morning. <laughs> So now I'm up at like 7.30, 8 o'clock to go play a round of golf in the blazing sun in the Okanagan off of three hours of sleep. Do it. Actually have a decent round. Keep my bag tag, Tino. Beat, uh, you know, play pretty well. Just say that. So I, so I get the round of golf in. So then go back down to OK Falls. I go see my dad because his ashes are spread at Vassal Lake, which is just south of O.K. Falls. Haven't seen him in a while, so we go hang out at the lake for a little bit. Then I got a buddy up in Peachland, which is about an hour away from Penticton. Rip up there for some dinner, come back, and then when we're leaving the next morning, I realize, well, we can't go back through Carameas. So we got to go Kokahalo on the way home. I'm not risking getting turned around again. So Mm -hmm. we're essentially back up to Peachland another hour out of our way (laughs) and on our way home. We were home by like one o'clock in the afternoon, which is nice because we just like we were so tired on whatever it was. I don't even know what day it is. Sunday, Saturday night that we just like crashed by like 10 o'clock. So we were up at seven out the door back home. So it was a wild 48 hours and then come back. We call game I call game one of Langley Victoria. Shout out to the Thunder, by the way, who had a hell of a weekend. We'll talk about them coming up. Then rip to Coquillam with a, a half an hour to spare in between for game one of that series. And then that was it. You know, I was done for uh but mind you, I gotta get this in here too. I know I'm talking a lot of a lot of disc golf here this morning, but uh Sunday, my regular sunday doubles disc golf at the local track there at monday park took down doubles tino made a little cash came home Whoa. with some money in my pocket uh, i was pretty pretty stoked about that
3: what's my cut of that of your winnings though? I, don't, do I, don't, I, I don't know how that works i don't know how pretty works. pretty selfish but yeah. well wow, so you must be exhausted then long I'm, uh yeah long few days it, it
2: was a long few days and this is kind of like the capper here after this is done i got nothing till tomorrow night which i'm I'm kind of looking forward to, so crazy weekend, but um, lots of lacrosse going on, man, and holy cow, good week for the Langley Thunder, you know, as uh, the juniors tie up the series, the seniors go 2-0, Nanaimo beating Coquitlam in game one on the road and the Ladner Pioneers sweeping the North Shore Indians to punch their ticket to the President's Cup. A lot of lacrosse going on here in BC and then we got minor nationals coming up next week as well.
3: Yeah, I mean like funny, I kind of forgot about the Ladner Pioneers thing, but then like you say it and I'm like, yeah, like I forgot about it because it wasn't any like obviously they were going to they were going to, you know, do obviously, what they're doing. Tino, yeah. Obviously. But uh yeah, shout out to uh you gave your mention to the to the Langley Sun langley thunder there and then uh you know like it it comes down to a big third period comeback like they were almost going to go down in the series well what would that have been three to two i guess it would have been
2: three one it would have been three one sorry
3: yeah and uh big third period comeback i think they outscored victoria like nine to two or something in the third period yesterday to come back after surrendering like a six to nothing second period but uh yeah shout out to the junior thunder there
2: Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, Tickets, flights are booked to President's Cup for the end of the month for your Australia. I cannot wait for this. Going to be fantastic, man, uh, going down in Edmonton. And uh, I think Six Nations is up on Oakville, which Jamie Dowick's not going to be very happy about. Two to nothing now in the Ontario final. So we'll keep uh we'll keep apprised of that. There was something else I wanted to mention here on the podcast. Oh, that's the other thing. Thursday night, my man Tyrell hamer Jackson, I don't know if you saw this or not, Tino, got himself a new shaft out loading lacrosse. Have you seen these things? I asked Hammer, he's you know twirling around on the Instagram. I said Jumbo needs one of these things. What do I got to do? Gives me a shaft. I said, you got it, man. You're getting a shout-out on the podcast here this week. Beautiful, white, loading shaft. I got to get a picture up of this thing. These things are spectacular. Oh, the other thing, Tino. Wednesday, we called the final game home game for the Thunder, and you showed up in your brand-new cowboy hat from Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Check that out on the Instagram, Lax class. Tina, what do you think man uh you went into the store maybe we should save this uh should we save this no let's talk about it right now why
3: not what would you think of stampede tack and western work? yeah it was incredible uh our boy kevin hooked me up we went in there he, he gave me like a tour of the whole place uh he asked me what i was looking for and i said i have like zero expectations just let's just start trying things on Store is so much bigger than I thought it was. And and I've driven past it a million times. I didn't and I didn't know it was there like until uh I until I looked it up. You. But I tried to yeah, tell you. Tried to tell me. But yeah, uh it, it was an incredible environment. Even for me, like I'm like a city kid. I'm not really a country guy. Uh, but all my friends are. So like I'm kind of familiar with with the lingo and all that. But yeah, Kevin like walked me through everything, Like like was giving me the lowdown on yeah, these hats are good for the summer, these ones aren't, these ones are good for both, these ones are the most popular and stuff like that. So yeah, Um and he was so so like friendly in general, but also to somebody who's not really like a country kind of guy. Like, I had no idea what I was doing in there, and he basically like babysat me the entire way through it. So, yeah, shout out to Stampede Tax, shout out to Kevin, and uh, I finally fulfilled that promise of getting the cowboy get apple for the end of the I,
2: I often tell people this that Kevin Michael Winkler might be the nicest human being that I've ever met. Like, he just yeah. he is just a fantastic person and and somebody you know everybody could strive to be one more thing i want to get in before we get to the big focus is congratulations to team england walt christensen tyson rowe i don't know who else is on this english team and i didn't really get a chance i got so much lacrosse going on right now somebody sent me a link to to watch this game i just i couldn't make it happen but i believe it was england and germany in the european box lacrosse championship final and team england Pulls out the victory for the gold medal, and tell you what, man, the, the the world of box lacrosse is growing because I was I saw a little highlight clip of of a game between the Czechs and and the Germans, and it was rocking, man. Like these these fans are into it, and you love to see it, man. And and it's just a matter of time before these guys get hooked on on the NLL if they're not already, and you're gonna get a whole continent. They're in Europe of of kids growing up wanting to play in the National Cross League. We need more of this sort of thing.
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure you've heard about it as well. I can't remember what the name of the tournament is, but there's that outdoor the slash Alice indoor Herbesky. tournament. The yeah, Herbesky. the one in Prague. Yeah, like even even something That's like that the over there. And yeah, like like tons of people are coming out to watch, and it looks like such an incredible environment. So yeah, I I hope that we get like a new a new wave of European players that come in because that would be incredible.
2: Yeah, they're absolutely coming, and that Alexer Besky tournament is on the list to do. The problem is, it always goes down in like late April during. You know the most important time of the NLL season. Yeah, which makes it a little difficult. But I digress. Uh, Timo, I think that's it for the chit chat and banter here. You want to get into the big focus? Let's do it. Big focus time.
0: Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus.
2: Big focus. Focus. Big. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. (laughs) Yes, I didn't even have to, like, prompt you to do it there, Tino. I'm fist-pumping right now. Big focus uh, this week, Tino. Man, do we got a lot to talk about here on the podcast this week. As reports coming out from Inside Lacrosse, the lax Mag, and I think this is going to be announced either today as we record on a Monday or hopefully by Tuesday before the show comes out. A brand-new three-year collective bargaining agreement has been reached between the NLLPA and the NLL Board of Governors. And this is exciting stuff, Tina. We did not want the momentum train to slow down here. And getting this CBA done, especially with a brand-new commissioner coming in, is a huge step for the league and its players to continue to grow and continue that momentum rolling downhill here as some of the key or shout out to my man, Teddy Jenner here who did a little investigating and found out some key points to the CBA, the per diem, you know what a per diem is, Tino?
3: Yeah. It's your, that's your pay when you're, when you, um, like when you arrive at campus. Yeah. So essentially
2: it's like covers your food, you know, that little thing. So per diem is going up. Players keep their 4%. Uh, they've changed the language on the free agency where you don't have to be thirty if you've played eight years in the league. So that was a big one, I think, where guys want to be able to have unrestricted free agency. You used to be able to have to wait until you're 30 years old to have it, no matter what. Now, if you've played eight years, that'll change. RFA has changed where you qualify. You have to offer like an 8% increase instead of just having to match what you paid the player the year before. Uh, luxury tax is going up So if you go over the cap You're going to have to pay And uh, miss work pay I believe Stays the same So again big focus here Is that it's done And not something that neither side Is going to have to worry about going into this year
3: Yeah and like, like I think I said this last week as well Um, uh, For me at least It wasn't a huge concern Like I wasn't overly worried that it wasn't going to get done Just because of the fact that um i mean i guess maybe i was being a little overconfident but with how much momentum that the league had had i think i i think i even said like they'd be dumb to not get this done and it was early enough like there was still a lot of time that i wasn't really starting to get too concerned yet then when you find out like yeah the commissioner's named like we had a brand new commissioner it's just like added confidence to at least where my headspace was like, yeah, this is going to get done. It's just a matter of time. And the pressure hadn't been stacked too high yet. So I don't think it had gotten to the point yet where either side are like overly pissed off with each other. I think there's, there was still some good mutual communication going on. So, but yeah, this all sounds like good stuff to me. Like it all sounds like it's stuff in a positive direction. The players are going to start to get paid a little bit more. And you know, we're, it's, it's another step towards that ultimate goal of having full time professional lacrosse players which is what we all want to see
2: make sure you remind me to vilify evan who was saying this is going to be a long arduous process and could get a little nasty because that was far from the truth Tino Yeah, Clark. suck it evan yes <laughs> um so big news there big focus new cba for the national lacrosse league and shout out to to reed and to zach and and the board and, and the the committee that you know, cooler heads prevail here and they get it done. I think both sides kind of realizing what needed to happen here in three years. You know, I think the owners are probably hoping for a five or six and maybe the players were hoping for a one or two and, and let's see again, sort of thing. But it wasn't like last time where it came down to the bitter end games were being threatened to be canceled. The season was being threatened to be canceled. We got nowhere close to that. And I think that's a real positive sign with the new leadership negotiating a, a a new CBA here for the first time and, and things going pretty smoothly and, and hopefully both sides are pretty happy coming out of this.
3: Yeah. And I mean, obviously the, the owners, generally speaking, aren't going to be like it's like nobody's going to be happy to be spending more money, obviously. But I think in a lot of their situations, it's, everybody has to look at this as you're spending more money to ultimately make more money. Like I think everybody's looking at what went on last year and the growing fan bases and so on and so on. And ideally there's going to be more money coming in. So the players are going to be happy that I, that they're going to be making some more money. There's a little bit more flexibility, like you said with the unrestricted free agency and, and restricted free agency kind of like name tag. So yeah, I think both sides are generally speaking are going to be pretty happy with this deal.
2: So we got ourselves a new CBA, we got ourselves a new commissioner. The other thing we got Tino with two T's is a couple of new stallions to add to the stable. Mount Up Partner, we're heading for the stampede tax stables. <laughs> 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 see what my horse noises are like at the <laughs> hour of the morning. <laughs> Horses get up early, don't they? I don't know.
4: <laughs> hey,
2: hey,
3: hey. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to do with the thing where you, like, blow your lips. <laughs> <laughs> hey.
2: Okay, good stuff there, Tino. It's Stampede Tack and Western Wear Stampede Stallions of the Week. Sunshine is beaming out there this morning, Tino. You need a hat in the sun. Because it'll hurt you if you don't have one. And they got all types of hats. Tino just got a hat from Stampede. What other types of hats do they have there? They got Bullhide, Stetson, Bailey, Felt hats, Straw hats, Palm Leaf hats. What other kind of hats did you see in there, Tino?
3: everything you named anything you could possibly imagine it's there it's like everyone says you know like anything that's in space you can't even imagine like your worst imagination could be in space because it's so unexplored that's the hat selection of stampede (laughs) this
2: is this is what i'm talking about until you walk into that store and actually witness and consume what is inside the confines (laughs) of the compound out there it's you don't really understand but you i mean they have a full like 200 foot wall of just boots can i add
3: something quickly as well the one of the walls of hats kevin said to me like oh i'm so sorry like we have such limited selection usually this this whole entire wall is full and i'm staring at this Already full wall. <laughs> I mean, what, you, what are we talking about here? This is yeah, what's going on? This is a full wall. How do you itself. get
2: fuller than full?
3: <laughs> All right, Stampede.ca
2: where shopping online is still shopping local. Or like I said, head out there to Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966 at Stampede.ca. Get yourself a hat, get yourself a belt, get yourself a pair of boots, whatever else you want, it's there at Stampede Tack stallions of the week to, you know, no shortage of guys to pick from this week, but I'm going to let you pick first. Who's your stallion?
3: So I'm once again, going to go uh, to the junior a league here in BC, because I love to give the recognition to the junior guys. Love to try to get these guys names in, uh you know, in other people's heads. So we're going to go this time around back to Victoria, the goaltender mm. starting goaltender for the junior a shamrocks, Mr. Adam bland, who. Went, obviously, 1-1 one and one over the weekend against Langley. Uh, very clearly a tight series, but 104 shots faced throughout two games, including 64 of them in yesterday's loss. Well, I guess when everyone's listening to this, it will be a couple okay. days ago. But all right. Sunday's loss, yeah. 11-9, but 64 shots against. And that featured a game where, uh, you know, in the second period, Victoria went on a run again. I think it was a 6-0 and run. And then Langley had to mount this huge comeback. So it's not like I don't put that entire comeback by Langley on Adam Bland. When you're facing 64 shots, I think that's kind of a team meltdown. I don't think that's necessarily a goalie that's softening up as the game goes along. But 104 shots against in two days. It's not even like a Friday-Sunday thing. That's a Saturday-Sunday game. Man, shout out to Adam Bland because what an effort.
2: Yeah, I uh I rented this or I bought purchased that game yesterday to to watch game four of the junior series and I thought it was dead and over for the Thunder start of the third period. But you're right, Langley was just peppering Adam Bland and he was making some spectacular saves, but he just couldn't keep it up. As my stallion, I'm sticking in junior lacrosse here as well, Tino. I'm going to the other side in one two-timer now in the stallion stallion stable here And Cody Miloski. Truth be told, Tino, I had not had a chance to watch any junior Thunder lacrosse all summer long until yesterday. And what a trip it is to watch Cody Miloski because essentially he is a carbon copy of Kurt and Derek, Uncle Derek, put together, he's a lefty like he runs exactly like Kurt. He wears the number two like Kurt wore in New West, but he's got these kind of like these squirmy moves like Derek used to have. He kind of holds his stick. It is like watching both Malowski brothers, Kurt and Derek, molded into one, and the and Cody is the the end result here, and he's a lefty, which is kind of weird to think about as well, but. What a third period this kid had, Tino. Four goals and an assist. They were down 7-2, and I thought it was over. If Victoria goes up 3-1 going home for game five, like, book it. It's done. But Langley comes back, and they came back late. Like, they started the run in the third period, but then, like, the last two minutes, I want to say they scored, like, four goals. Down 7-2. They win this thing 11-9. Cody Milowski with four goals and assist in the third period. Steering his Langley Thunder To a victory to tie up The series 2-2 What a game this was And and what a game Cody Malowski had
3: Has it happened before when somebody has gotten Two weeks in a row As a stallion
2: Uh, Maybe we've had a a couple of guys Be entered twice into the stables But I don't think ever two weeks in a row And I probably easily could have given this to, To Shiliano as well But I'm going Cody And uh Maybe he's making a little history here on the, pod, on the pod this week.
3: Yeah, and I've actually got to – like this season was my first time getting to watch him play before. I, I've heard his name before. Obviously, you hear the connection with Kurt Malosky and stuff like that, but getting to watch him this year basically bully the Poco Saints when I was doing their play-by-play. Mm-hmm. He has this, like, almost like this nonchalant confidence when he has the ball where, like, you know, there's some guys where – they, they look just from their stature and just from their mannerisms, like, Oh yeah, this guy's like ready to go. This guy's fired up. But in my experience watching Cody Molaski, it's like his body language looks so casual, but it doesn't mean he's not going to bully you on the floor. Like he's still going to put up, you know, like five or six points a game essentially, or, or go off. I think when I, when I brought it up last weekend, he had like seven assists or last yeah. week he had seven assists. So it's, it's just, he has that different, stature about him where he doesn't necessarily look like he's going to go and like go right at you, but he will. And he'll look casual while he's doing it. So I'm definitely going to keep my eyes on Cody Malosky as the future goes. And I think a lot of people will, uh, especially after how this playoff series is going.
2: Excuse me. And Kurt's got a, another one coming up the hurricane, just a youngster, but I, I would not be surprised if he is a top flight player as well. And Cody, very early in his junior career, keep an eye on number two out there in Langley. He is going to be a special one, I can tell you. that. so rare, but Adam Bland and Cody Malowski, two players facing off against each other in the same series, are both going into the stable this week. And the WA one nothing Nanaimo as they beat Coquitlam 9-6. Langley goes 2-0 and on the weekend with uh, two pretty convincing wins over the Shamrocks to go up to nothing in that series as, holy, like, Dixon, Doby, Church, Robinson are starting to heat up here, you know? We've kind of been waiting for it all year long, and the senior boys are starting to click at the right time, I think winning their sixth game in a row and, and playing their best lacrosse at the best time of the year.
3: Yeah, and I'm sort of wondering now, now that we're in the situation that we're in, and, like, don't count Victoria out by any means, no, no. but... I'm, I'm sort of wondering if the guys on that Langley roster, they kind of knew that themselves,
2: right? Pacing. Yeah. We're going to get
3: there. We know we're going to get in the playoffs and now that they're there, like they've just turned it up. Cause the, even the game last week, the, their last regular season game that me and you did on, uh, Wednesday. on Wednesday last week, yeah. there was just like a different attitude around the team of like, sort of like what I was just talking about with Cody molaski like this sort of, nonchalant like yeah we're we're gonna get this done and then go to the first two games of the playoffs and they're currently stomping victoria so don't count the shamrocks out but what a start for for langley
2: yeah and i think the difference honestly and i know we're talking a lot of langley here and, and rightly so with the weekend that they've had but that's why they went out and got frank chiliano like with a wooden stick and a smaller net I don't think there's a better box lacrosse goalie out there right now. I really don't. And he was staring down breakaways and power plays and just spectacular, spectacular goaltending from Shilliano. I really think that's the difference in the in the first two games. The the combination of Dubinsky and Jeffrey just have not been up to snuff where to the level that that Frankie's been at, and that's kind of been the difference so far. In that series, game three of that one, Tuesday in Langley game. Well, game two of Nanaimo Coquitlam is going to go tonight. So we'll, this will be out after you hear that. But game three of that series goes Wednesday back in Coquitlam as well. And it's the best time of the year, man. WLA playoffs. So good. So, so good. So I think that's it for, for quarter number period. Number one, I should say, Tino, that was a big one. Uh, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get going here?
3: No, I'm fired up to talk to our uh, our new commish.
2: All right, there you go. So Cody Malowski and Adam Bland, welcome to the Stable Lads. You are this week's Stampede Stallions of the Week. Period number one is now over as we move into period number two and we talk with the brand new commissioner of the National Lacrosse League. Brett Frude is next here on EP 196 Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network
0: associated labels and packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service with 40 years of experience an extensive product catalog and an ever-growing fleet of equipment associated labels and packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level This is
1: Rob Buckin, General Manager of the Langley Thunder. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified.
2: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into the second period, which is always brought to you by Associated Labels and Packaging. Associated LP, that stands for Labels and Packages, where they focus on people ethics and quality and of course family owned down there in Coquitlam over 40 years of experience in the label and package industry environmentally friendly brand new technology a growing catalog it's all happening at associated labels and packaging check them out at associatedlp.com we thank them and we also thank Rycourt Construction who will sponsor this interview And at Rycor, they make it stand out. Tino is hoping to catch up with Ryan Mills once again. Canada Summer Games. I think they're actually just taking off back to Niagara for the big summer games there. So we'll catch up with Ryan next week. See how Josh and the kids from BC are doing as lacrosse makes its return to the summer games. But Rycor Construction, they make it stand out. Check them out. Instagram, Facebook, interior, exterior renovations. They do it all. RycorConstruction.ca. As we got the Bills out of the way, and now we can welcome the brand new National Lacrosse League Commissioner, the fifth in the history of the league, in Brett Frude, to the podcast. Welcome to Lax Glass, Brett. Thanks so much for doing this.
4: Glad to be here, guys. Nice to meet you, Jake and Tino. Yeah, so happy
2: to have you, man. And, and man, I don't even know where to begin here, Brett. Uh, but exciting times for you, I would say. Was this, was this a job that you kind of always had in the back of your mind? Like, what do you, how do you feel when you hear Commissioner Brett Fruit?
4: <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd say I, I've, I'm really excited about being part of this team, um, not only the league, but interacting with, with all the constituents, the players, and the owners, and, and certainly the fans. So I, I don't know that I ever had, you know, this idealism of, of being named a commissioner, um, that being said, I have always felt that, you know, the calling has been within the lacrosse niche and, um, and being part of something I'm so passionate about. So excited for that opportunity. And at the end of the day, it's, a, it's about all of us, the, the entire human capital, um, that's going to be working hard to, to elevate this league, um, and certainly not one position. So I, the, the, the title honestly is, is, is. I wouldn't say meaningless, but um, I don't think about it in in a way that um, it it was this this ambition of being a commissioner. Um, But being involved in the sport is really meaningful. Um, And hopefully leading a group of really smart people and working with
3: with really great organizations um, is going to be fruitful. So by now, Brett, it's been pretty, I mean, we're kind of late in the news cycle by this point, but it's been pretty well documented now that uh, you captained some championship teams at Brown University, and you've coached the youth and high school level, and and so on. But I'm wondering, coming into this role, what is your experience with uh, box lacrosse specifically?
4: Yeah, I'd, I'd say obviously my experience is is on a much larger scale with the field side. Um, box certainly down here in, in North Carolina isn't huge. I've consumed box my entire life, um, growing up in in upstate. Played played a bit in the uh, in the rink outside Tully and certainly watched a lot of Rochester games growing up but uh, I'd say a lot of learnings and and I'm really excited about that for sure Um, just not only the the, the tactics and and spending time with the coaches and, and the players but just really understanding the nuances of the game versus the field in a way that that i haven't consumed before but you know i've i've, I've watched it I, I i've loved watching the nll for years um th- this isn't something i i haven't been following but uh ultimately a lot of learnings that, that are going to be there
2: well i i heard you on with teddy jenner there last week and and did if tell me if I'm mistaken here, but you said that you want to get up to like the track in Toronto with Jamie Dowick and the rock and throw some pads on, get the stick and the bucket going and, and get out there on the turf and chuck it around inside the boards. You, you actually want to do this.
4: Yeah. Hey, Toronto, wherever. I, I I just think ultimately to do any job really well, you you want to absorb as much information as you can. Um, And and I think getting out there and, and just, Learning the game. Hey, you guys are announcing it every day, right? And and that's the job is to under understand the players. Um, what is the difference between the successful teams and the less successful teams? Who? What are these personalities like? Um, and for me, we talk about the influencers and and how important these players are to the game. I think. It's it's maybe even less about getting out there and throwing the stick around, but interacting with with the folks that are really driving the league, which are the athletes, and and that's why the product is so good. So yeah, I, I have I had I have a great deal of interest in interacting with the players um, and and getting out there and learning a lot more about the game.
2: Well, I was gonna say if you get a chance, uh, the dunk. Nick Rose susceptible to the dunk from behind the net. So if you want to <laughs> try and tuck one in, that's where you go.
3: <laughs> um, so it's sort of a sort of a awkward question to answer but just only because when you ask a lacrosse fan this or anybody involved with lacrosse the obvious answer is like we want to see this become like a worldwide sport or we want to see this become one of the one of the big four or or big five or whatever but in in your most honest way possible what do you see as the long-term like future goal of this league even if it's five or ten years uh down the road like what what do you see as a realistic next step for this league do you think
4: yeah well there there's a lot of next steps but but i think i'll get to the the crux of your question and and really it comes to two words for me and that's enterprise value and taking this league and and you all know and and you guys have been part of it um there's a number of people organizations players owners that have gotten the league to the point where it is Um, but how do we create and monetize fruitful endeavors that provide value to these constituents. And right now, um, the, the league needs that. We need to we need to drive commercial enterprise um, and attack that ecosystem in, in a in a quick and, and hopefully expedient way. Ultimately it's 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 that it's enterprise value, it's it's providing resources to the teams, it's driving the fanship. Um, and, and obviously I think all of that will elevate the league to, to levels. Hopefully it hasn't been before
2: here with the commissioner of the national lacrosse league, Brett Frued, on lax class. And is that something that you can use from your experience with NASCAR and, and Stuart Haas racing to bring to the national lacrosse league? Is that commercial enterprise? As we know, I like a little left turn and rubbing racing and all that sort of stuff here, Brett, I watch a little NASCAR from time to time, but, Is that something, as we know, like a NASCAR is essentially just a rolling billboard of advertisement. Are we going to see the National Lacrosse League maybe turn in that direction where we have more sponsorships on our jerseys, more rink boards, more commercials, all that sort of stuff? Can you bring that kind of mindset from NASCAR into the National Lacrosse League?
4: Yeah, you know, I'd say it's a lot more than that. You know, I've been in this, at least the sport, motorsports sport for you know, almost 20 years and aside from as you mentioned at the rolling billboard we, we've been busy building equity um, growing our assets and, and mining new fans promoting events cultivating cultivating the casuals um, turning them into avids and certainly trying to have digital prowess and 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 yeah I, th- I think ultimately the sport back when you guys maybe were watching Days of Thunder um, with me. It was truly about the, the rolling billboard, but we are so far from, from that nowadays. Um, we've got sophisticated data um, in corporate partners that are looking for much more than their logo on a, on a racetrack. They're looking for authentic connection with our teams and our fans. Um, so for us, it's it's all about content generation. It's B two B endeavors. Um, some of it is the brand awareness, but but ultimately, it is creating content and finding that connection. And that is where I hope we can find success with this league. And and if we're able to do that, yes, there's going to be revenue opportunities for for all the constituents. But but what it really will allow us to do is amplify the product. Um, and utilize all these resources and these partners in a way that haven't been used before, where we can tell the story um, on dif- different distribution points, and those are the greatest partners. Yeah, the ones that are telling our story aver- using advertising, um, you know, engaging with with their customers in a unique way, and utilizing our assets, the NLL assets, in a way that they haven't been used before.
2: Do you, do you think that is maybe the most important thing, Brett? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, I think the lacrosse fan is always going to be there and they're going to come to the games. And, and I've heard you talk about getting the casual sports fan to turn their eyeballs onto our league. Is that maybe one of the biggest priorities is to find the the entertainment seeker or the casual sports fan to put their eyeballs on our league? Because you mentioned like the product is a, a class, like premier best players in the world. The entertainment value is off the charts when you walk into an arena. It's a party from the moment you walk through the door until the, the minute you walk out, but we need more eyeballs. So is that kind of the, the main goal is to find the casual sports fan or the entertainment seeker and say, Hey, come and watch the national lacrosse league.
4: Yeah, for sure. And utilize these partners to help amplify that yeah. and and engage in a unique way. You, you said at the, we, it doesn't matter if we're, you know, we're in Vancouver, San Diego, Toronto, to, to Albany. The product is, is great. The entertainment experience at venue is phenomenal. You know, how do we tell that story in a broader way for those folks that aren't able to consume it in person? Um, so now they're going to all those different distribution points, and, and certainly in Canada and TSN, and, and here ESPN, and, and and ultimately want we want them going to their phones, um, tablets, and and everywhere they can consume it, and and that's our job to create really unique um, and engaging content. But yeah, I think you hit it on the head, and i just say just amplification yeah. is is a big deal, um, and that's ultimately what takes us to those we'll call it the core endemic fan. Um to to this just broader um, sport professional sports fan, which you know we look at some of the just looking at some of the early data feel really good about those folks that are consuming this on a daily basis at at all these venues and there's a number that aren't we'll call it core lacrosse folks that have touched lacrosse sticks before Um, and and that you know I love to hear and, and and tells me we can continue to grow on that fan base.
3: Uh, The premier lacrosse league has had just a ton of momentum since, you know, it's, it's, since its inception a handful of years ago, but its relationship with the NLL has been a little unclear and at at times a little bit awkward. Do you have plans in the future to try to help connect the two leagues or, or to try to uh, create a relationship between the two?
4: Yeah, for sure. I don't think there's any reason not to those guys, um, you know, clearly, Uh, Paul and Mike have done a phenomenal job there. And, you know, I've said it on a a couple interviews, we're we're all in it, you know, for the same thing. And that's to grow this sport um, and and cultivate the lacrosse fan base on on a global basis. And, you know, for me, there's no reason not to explore synergies and work with them in, in, you know, synergistic and um, compatible ways. So, uh, you know, I, I, I love the PLL product as well. Um, they're doing a great job, and I'm sure there's going to be some some learnings from what they have done, and and hopefully vice versa, um, and, and we can work with one another in in a symbiotic way.
2: Here with the commissioner Brett Frude, and and man, I got a list of things I want to talk to you about, Brett. Uh, how about the fact that you know reports coming in that the CBA has done a brand new three year deal here between the players' association and and the board of governors? This is massive for the National Lacrosse League. And, and probably nice for you to not have to, to kind of walk into a, a blazing fire of negotiations going back and forth here. How nice is it to know that the CBA is done and you can just kind of focus on your job and, and making this league stronger and better?
4: Yeah, you know, obviously a, a big week last week and exciting news that the agreement is, you know, in principle done um, and, you know, subject certainly to player ratification. But sure it was, a, it, it's, it's big um, for me specifically, it, it allows us to jumpstart everything we've been talking about, not only on this call, but the last couple of weeks and get started pretty quickly. Um, the good thing is, you know, I, I, I think the term you just used, what a, a blaze of fire. Um, <laughs> it, it does sound like, you know, the teams and, and, and certainly the NLL staff worked really closely with the players association um, and it was constructive and obviously to get to this point. And um, I think just for me, clear that all the parties are on the same page that they want to take this NLL to a new level. Um, they wanted to get that done quickly and, and get ready for what is going to hopefully be the, the best season ever um, and take advantage of the momentum that we had in the playoffs um, and, and get after it quickly. So yeah, a great week. And um, look forward. I, I look forward to spending time with 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 all those players, and, and you know, over the next couple of years, just understanding all all the key tenants and of of not only the agreement, but how we can continue to work together in
3: the most productive way. Uh, last one from me here, at least, uh, Brett, and and it's a bit of a softer one, but just to try to let the people get to know you a little bit more. Do yeah. you have? Uh, a specific favorite lacrosse memory, whether it's going back to your playing days or, or coaching, is, the, is there anything that stands out in your mind specifically as a, as a favorite memory? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a few of them because, you know, I've been playing this game, coaching this game around
4: it for a long time and, and in no specific order. But there's, I'd say probably the most recent really fond memory is was able to, to coach my son's state championship lacrosse lacrosse team. This past spring, um, so obviously pretty special when you get to to coach your children. And, How old's and the boy, I, Brett? Say, I'm sorry. How old's your son? He's 16.
2: Okay, so he's not not a low low guy. He's, he's he's actually a baller.
4: Yeah, no, he's a 2024. 20, so pretty exciting, pretty exciting to watch him um, be able to celebrate with his teammates a state championship. Cool. So from a coaching standpoint, that was that was special. College days, you know, we uh, we beat Loyola in my freshman year in overtime to, to send our team to the final four. So that was on the old curly field in, in Baltimore. That was a that was a great moment uh, for for not only myself and, and the teammates, but for our university, um, our first final four. And then uh, probably other fond college memory was going to the dome. So I grew up in, outside Syracuse and and watched you know the the heydays of um, the fastest game uh, you know on the planet back yeah. then with 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 all those players. So going to the dome was you know always a dream of mine. And, and playing and and we um, you know I had the privilege of, of beating Syracuse my senior year wow. with with, um, one of our finest performances, at least in my four years, we beat Syracuse 20 to 12 in the dome. <laughs> oh, they so, didn't
2: lose too often back then, Brett. No, they
4: they never did, which, which, which made it special. Um, so that was a, a, a great, certainly a great win for us. So a lot, you know, a lot of fond memories and it's not just those college games. It's, you know, it's the camar- camaraderie and, and just yeah, I'd say the time spent with a, with a lot of good people, um, as you guys know, in this sport that crosses, you know, crosses every bit of box to to field and everything in between. And, you know, it's times weekends in Lake Placid and going out to Val. And, yeah, and there's and one I haven't pants. done
2: yet. Lake Placid. I have, you know, I've done the Hawaii tournament. I've done a couple other ones, but Vale is on the list still, man. I got to get got to get to that one.
4: Yeah, they're they're all. I and I have not been to Lake Placid in, in years, and and uh, a, a bunch of my good friends um, still go up there and play on the on the Brown State team. And,
2: and yeah, another uh, guy, Jamie Monroe. I don't know if you have a connection to Jamie Monroe or not, uh, Brett. Who's a, who's a Brown guy? He actually just called me yesterday, saying he's in Placid, coaching his daughter.
4: Yeah, yeah, we've, we've you know, I've, I've obviously met Jamie a few times, but um, we've got a, a close alumni base, and, you know, it's, it's what makes the, the sport so special, the connections that are made. Yeah, um, you got Andy and, Towers. And certainly across. yep, Towers. Oliver and, Marty. And obviously Oliver Marty. Yeah,
2: well, that's good, man. Um speaking of fans getting to know you, <clears throat> excuse me. I couldn't help but notice I got a I got a follow Tino not a big deal but the new commissioner here is is a brand newer to Instagram now was did you seriously not have an Instagram account before you became the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League or did they kind of say hey like if you're gonna do this job you got to get an Instagram account. <laughs>
4: So I, I did not have an Instagram account, and nor did anyone say I needed to get okay. one. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was that one's on my fourteen-year-old son. Ah, there you go. All right. So I've always had a Twitter account, and I've consumed the news with it and followed, you know, a, a lot of the, the lacrosse universe and and other sports. And uh, finally sent out, I, I've probably been on that thing. I, got, I don't even know how long Twitter's been around, probably, what, 10, yeah, 11, 12 something years. Something like that, yeah. So um, I sent out my first tweet of my career, my professional, <laughs> personal career. Um, felt like this news and, uh, was big enough, and, and I was excited enough to do it. But no, the Instagram is, is new as well. Yeah. But that, that's, that's, that's uh, The genesis of that is my family.
2: Okay, well, yeah, I saw Smoke give you a, a big endorsement and a, and a well-wish there, uh, congratulating you on your on your new position, which you will begin, like you're doing this uh, out of the goodness of your heart. You actually don't start in your official capacity until September 1st, but there's still more that, that I want to talk about here with you, Brad, and a lot of people asking about full-time athletes in the National Lacrosse League. When are we going to get to a point when these players do not have to go to a nine to five Monday to Friday before they come and perform on a weekend. And we'll start to see midweek games and, and all that sort of stuff. I know it's early days for you, but do you have kind of a vision or a timeline when you think that might be achievable for our players in our league?
4: Yeah, I'd say definitely too early for that. I, you know, I, I don't know that i put too much thought into to where we go relative to the players and full-time versus part-time. But what I do know is if we can continue to grow and put this league where we want it, then, then those opportunities. And, and, and I think visions, they, they're, they're much more, I'd say in line with, with where we can be. Um, but ultimately I'd say way too early um, to, to enter those conversations, just trying to, Get my feet wet, um, really understand the assets, spend time with all these constituents, and, and then we'll build a strategy from there.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. A uh, couple more minutes here with brand new commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, Brett Froude. Um Maybe a, a little check in on Vegas. They had their expansion draft and, and from talking with uh, a local resident down there who also is a, a part of the podcast and my friend Evan. He kind of showed me the map of the season tickets that have been sold for the desert dogs already. And this looks really exciting, Brett, like a good rollout here for the desert dogs and an engaged fan base already. How excited, like, have you met uh, DJ and, and Wayner and, and Steve Nash yet? Uh, this is exciting stuff going down here in Vegas and, and it looks like they're off to a very good start.
4: Yeah, no, I haven't spent any time with them yet, but I mean, how exciting to have a, have an organization in Vegas um and what's what's really fun about it is is we're certainly going to have the fans that as you said are already buying the tickets uh, that are that are based in the area but i think it's a great opportunity from a tourism standpoint as well to yeah. build the game um for those folks that may not be in strategically in in, in any of our markets right so now they can take that sport hopefully enjoy which I which I know they will their experience and then and then take it somewhere else and engage in a unique way so that's what's exciting let's let's say we put you know 15,000 folks in in you know their nine home games <clears throat> is is do we have eight? You know, seven eight thousand that live in the area, and then we've got another seven eight thousand that are are coming from Wichita to you know Maine to Florida, yeah. um, and again amplifying in different ways and engaging. So, you know, that's that's pretty exciting.
2: Uh, last but not least, here the Indigenous, the First Nations, uh, near and dear to my heart, Brad, and and obviously a, a massive part of our culture and our sport. Um, and important to our league, and, and again, I know it's it's early days here for you, but the relationship between our Indigenous players, the First Nations, and our communities, is that something that's going to be a focus for the National Lacrosse League to try and not only improve, but amplify and, and really kind of spotlight um, for, for NLLers of Indigenous descent?
4: Yeah, of course. I mean, our indigenous athletes are the lifeblood of our sport and their narrative and their heritage really fuels what we do. So I I look forward to spending time with these athletes, learning more about the culture and finding opportunities to leverage these meaningful roots on and off the lacrosse field. It's, It's definitely a differentiation point for us versus all the other leagues in the world and one that we're proud of. For for sure. So uh, that's it's it's exciting um, and really want to continue digging, you know, really exploring these indigenous roots um, and being at the forefront of the initiatives to showcase it.
2: Brett. I can't thank you enough for your time here on Lax Class. I know you're a real busy guy these days, so I appreciate you making a little time for us here on Lax Class. Welcome to the National Cross League, man! Just after this conversation, I'm so excited to to just see the direction you take this thing in. And um, welcome, man. I'm I'm happy to have you here. It's great to meet you. and, And once again, I appreciate your time here.
4: Yeah, you're you're very welcome happy to be on and look forward to speaking to you guys in the future.
2: All right. Hopefully you get out to the West coast, man. I don't know if you've ever been to Vancouver, British Columbia or not, but come check out a warriors game. You are going to love this part of the country.
4: I certainly will.
2: All right. There he is. Brand new commissioner, fifth in league history. Tino Brett Frude comes over from NASCAR, but lacrosse background here. And I don't know, like, you know, I like Nick and Nick did a lot of good things. I didn't even talk expansion or stability or anything like that with him, but, I, I kind of get a different vibe and a very good one from, from the new commissioner here. I'm really excited to see what Brett fruit can, can do and, and where he can take the NLL in this next phase of our growth.
3: Yeah. And there was a, a lot of honesty in that conversation, which I really appreciate. He seems like a very um, just for the most part, straight to the point kind of guy, genuine, um, very genuine, like came across very genuine. And, and I think, I think a lot of people are going to get that same impression just listening to that interview and, and the previous interviews that he's been doing for over the past week. But yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for the future and, and everything that he got into and that last question, man, like props to you for that last indigenous question, mm-hmm. because I'm I'm his answer about how, about keeping that in the forefront and how um how that needs to be at the front of our minds. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that answer. And, and yeah. I'm excited just overall to see well, what happens.
2: Next. You know, he's got, the Ivy League background, obviously, right? He's a smart, smart fella. And coming from NASCAR and, and all those relationships he made over 20 years of, of working in that industry, those connections are so, so important. And I think a lot of those relationships will will cross over into the NLL, which, you know, as you know, Tino, networking and your connections in the business world are huge, like absolutely massive. But then you add to the fact that he's got a lacrosse background. And albeit field lacrosse, whatever. The guy is passionate about the sport. He knows lacrosse. He gets lacrosse. He coaches lacrosse. So you combine all those things, the education, the business savvy, the relationships and connections, and then the passion and the, the knowing of the sport this guy is the perfect candidate to be the leader of our league.
3: Yeah. And like, you want to talk about a good way to build a relationship with like, not only the owners, but the players as well. He wants to go and strap on the pads.
2: I could not believe I heard that. Can you imagine Nick Zakevich saying that? Yeah. I'm going to put some pads and grab a stick. Like I'm not even sure Nick really knew how to hold a stick properly. You know, Brett Freud does. Guy was a captain, final four in the NC two A. Like this guy can he can play. Like I don't think he would be out of place out there on the floor. Like he's not gonna, you know, be scoring six goals or anything. But I mean he could run around. The guy's still pretty young and looks like he's in pretty good shape.
3: And you gave him the you gave him Nick Rose's kryptonite at the dunk, so <laughs> I don't know. Get the get the content, Coba Cowboys out there. It's like, we got to film this Rose, if he gets out there.
2: Rose is going to bury me for that. <laughs> but that was a great great conversation with Brett and 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 man, like you just you get a I don't know a sense of security, a calming wave of emotion over you, knowing this guy is in charge and he's going to take this league to the next level. Like I think Nick and Jessica were great. I think they did a lot of good things for this league, including expansion and and getting the TV deal done and all the rest of it. But I think that era is kind of behind us now. And this new era needed a new direction and a new voice and a new vision. And I think Brett fruit is, is exactly what the NLL needed and when it needed it.
3: Yeah. And I, I know, I obviously just said this a minute ago, but that calming presence is such a, like a lot of people don't, A lot of people don't have that Um, and especially to be able to come in and, and he's done so many interviews over the past week and there's no canned
2: answers there or anything, right? None, like none at all. Yeah.
3: Even like, even that your last question, the indigenous one, like that's kind of, that can be kind of an awkward subject to tackle, especially like brand new to the job. And you even mentioned like he technically hasn't even started the job (laughs) yet, but there was no, there's no holding back from him. Very honest answers, very calm demeanor. So yeah i think uh, i i think he's come across very well to start off and um yeah i just i can't wait to see what's next
2: me either man that was a great conversation and a great period on the podcast we got one more to go evan's back we got lax class locks and lax class report cards all coming up here on ep196 we'll return right after this Double overtime. Game seven. Mitch Jones into the middle. Got rim, got a shot
4: scores! Mitch Jones puts the bellies into the finals. Stolen by Mike
0: Messenger. Twisting, turning, scoring. They can taste it. Listen to this place again. You know the Canadian Army could use a tank like Mike Messenger.
2: Time now for the Kings of Queen's Park brought to you by the New Westminster
3: Salmon Bellies.
0: Shout out to Stan Shillington for a great article on this week's star that I will be pilfering from and adapting here. His teammates called him stump. Steve Deesom stood 5-5, but to quote Biz Nasty, was built like a cigarette machine. But what makes our sport so special is it doesn't matter if you're built like Dan Dawson or you're built like Sean Evans, you can rise to the top. Stump was no different. A defensive specialist with uncanny playmaking prowess. Opponents who snickered while peering over Steve's head were soon rocked back to reality. Decem grew up in Coquitlam during the 1950s, but his dreams were always wrapped up in the salmon bellies blue and red where he'd spent 21 years as a player and coach. A star out of the gate, but a serious knee injury early in his career limited his mobility and forced him to hone his role as a setup man and defensive specialist. In 77, Steve was made a playing coach, but didn't like the dual role. He retired the following season to concentrate solely on coaching However, the urge to get back onto the hardwood floor at Queen's Park was too great. In 79, he abandoned the coaching reins and again suited up for the bellies. Steve played another six years until at the age just shy of 36, he packed away his pads for good and began his second round of coaching. Four years later, he left the game but remains a fan to this day. 164 goals and 689 assists in the WLA five-man cup rings in eight attempts, and a six-man cup ring as a coach. Steve Deeson was inducted into the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame in 1993. That's this week's Kings of Queens Park. I'm Brad Challoner. If you want to look like a belly, hit up the Belly Store at SalmonBellies.com.
2: Welcome back to Locks Class. Third period action is underway, which means no more breaks, as you just heard right there. A couple more weeks of Kings of Queen's Park and Brad Challoner uh, always doing the good work. Unfortunately for the Bellies, no playoffs this year as they just kind of waited a little too long to get their season going. We're real strong down the stretch, but come up a little bit short and are on the outside looking in this year, but they'll be back better than ever next year. But with that being said, uh, I know, we you know, I was at the final home game of the regular season and big time blowout sale going on at the Belly's team store, 20%, 50%, all sorts of salmon belly merch is available to you at a discounted rate. All you got to do is go to sambellies.com and team store will be there and shop to your heart's content. Get some belly swag for uh, the summer and upcoming fall, and then you'll be set for next season as well. Sambellies.com, Kings of Queens Park. They'll be with us through the month of August, and we'll look forward to that. Evan, you're back on the pod, man. What's going on? You're, you're back from Vegas. You're back in the work week. Uh, what's going on back there in the tomb?
1: Just trying to get back in the swing of uh, work and whatnot one last day with the kids here before they head back to their moms for a little while. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting week. I got a random ar- thoughts article coming out that I had to rewrite four times because things changed. Oh, yeah, you quickly. were
2: really, really wrong on how long and bad, this uh, collective bargaining agreement you thought was going to take. It's done, Evan. They're done.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I, I trust my sources to say it's like, yeah, they were, the last. I, of course, the last I talked to them was about a month ago, but at that time, there was some distance, and apparently they closed the gap, so good on everybody to get it done.
2: Hashtag sources. Maybe need some new sources then.
1: <laughs> um,
2: you may need some new gambling advice too, because, uh, things didn't go so well in, in the Evan exclusive parlay, which we'll talk about here momentarily, but give me, actually, I got to do this because we got some breaking news here coming in as we record here on a Monday morning, the WLA has announced their first and second team all-stars Del Bianco, Wiedemann, Belgrave, uh, Jesse King, Dylan Watson and Hayden Dixon are your first-team All-Stars. Interesting. Interesting. Second team is Zach Higgins, Brett Draper, John Phillips, Zach Mans, and Marshall King. Uh, Second-team All-Stars. And uh, what else do we got here? Three-star Awards scoring leader, Jesse King, 99 points, and he wins the three-star awards. But I'm just looking at these second- and first-team All-Stars here. Refresh my memory here, folks. Uh, Did the Langley Thunder not finish first place overall in the entire? I know four teams finished at 12 and 6, but I'm looking at 10 lacrosse players here and not one from the first place Langley Thunder. Something is afoot there. I do not, no disrespect to any of those guys who made those all star teams, but to not have one player from the first place team on either the first or the second team is wrong. That's just wrong.
1: I can't blame Eastern bias this time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. And the people that are listening, you can't see Jumbo's camera, but he's actually creating, he's got like a, uh, one of those picket fence signs or whatever. Yeah. He's getting ready to march down to the WLA office right now. <laughs> <laughs> the WLA office.
2: would be something if they actually had a WLA office, wouldn't it? Uh, all right. So there's your, and, uh, uh, Awards will be coming out in the the coming days, I'm sure, as well. And listen, at the end of the day, I think Langley could give two you-know-whats about finishing on the All-Star team or League Awards or whatever. I think they, they have their eye on the prize that they want, but... I just think that's a little bit ridiculous to not have any Thunder players on those lists. When they finished in first place, somebody was playing some good lacrosse to, to get them to there. But anyways, all right. So there you go. Evan, what's going on in the RMLL? Because we know this. Whitby and Toronto are in the Minto Cup. That's going down in Brampton at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. We know the Ladner Pioneers are going to the President's Cup here in BC. We know the Junior Shamrocks and Junior Thunder are tied 2-2. The winner of that series is going to the Minto Cup. Nanaimo is up 1-0 on the Adnex as we record here today. Game 2 will be played by the time you hear this. Langley is up 2-0 in their series of the WLA. The Chiefs are up 2-0 on Coburg. The Borough and Brooklyn, I do not understand this, how the Chiefs and, and Coburg have played two games. Borough and Brooklyn have played four. Go figure. They're tied up at 2-2, and one of those four teams will host the Man Cup. What's going on in the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League, Evan?
1: Well, first off, it's 2-2, but is it not 3-1? I don't after, know. I, th- after honestly, the, the... I've,
2: I've given up. Just, yeah. I've given up. <laughs> I, I I can't do it. So (laughs) I don't know if it's two two or three one.
1: According to the websites, it's all three one that they've counted that game as a forfeit to to Peterborough. There, absolutely ridiculous. But um, yeah. So, anyways, in Senior B now, of course, keep in mind Senior B is done by province. It's not done by uh, the Rocky Mountain League. Is specifically Alberta here? So the uh, St. Albert Miners, not a shock that they're up two, nothing in the best of five finals. So they should be on the verge of winning this. And they're, they're going the to the winning. Prezi either way. Yeah. Right? I going. mean, they got, this is a, this is a senior B team that is, should be a senior A team to be frankly honest. If they had other senior A talent around them to play, because you got the likes of Aaron Bold and Ryan Dilks and, you know, J- 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 John J- 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 Lynch and Lins. a whole bunch of Keeping NLL players. Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in junior A, the St. Albert Miners are up 3-1 over the Calgary Mounties in the best of seven. So the Mounties took game one, but St. Albert's taken the last three. So Don uh, Lentz might have a very busy summer ahead of him because he'll He's be coaching coach. in the Minto and then playing in the Pressy soon enough.
2: Now, have they dropped? The, the Mountaineers? Are they just going by the Mounties now? Is it not the Mountaineers anymore? Or is it still just... the Mountaineers? Okay. Yeah, but
1: right. yeah, Got okay. yeah. So, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting. It's I'll get maybe into the into the whole Prezi with my uh, report cards.
2: Yeah, and and okay, because we're going to be talking a lot of Prezi leading up to. We'll probably even have Lindsay or, or Dilksy on to to talk about the Presidents Cup coming up, uh, which. I'm some kind of fired up about man. It's it's been too long since I've been to a Presidents Cup, and I can't wait to go to Edmonton to call this thing at the end of the month. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot of Presidents Cup in the in the coming weeks here, and probably have a couple of guys on leading up to it. Uh, but you're saying you're we're actually gonna switch it up this week, Evan. And I I kind of felt like the segue into the report cards or into the into the locks after doing report cards has been a little awkward. So we're gonna do. Lax Glass locks first.
0: It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time,
2: you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare block in a week. Ooh, that's a big lock, alright. Blacks Class Locks brought to you by Coolbet Canada. Coolbet.com. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. Evan, you did not bet responsibly because you were a porous one for three on your parlay well, as we turn. Hang on, Evan. We We said we're gonna turn this thing over to you. You are fully uh-huh. responsible for picking the parlay last last week. And if you if you won, then uh you know we put a little pop money in our pockets. But if you lost. We were going to ridicule you endlessly, so let it begin, mm-hmm. Tino. Well, what, what would you like to continue. say? Hang on, Evan. Let Tino go here. Have you got something to say <laughs> to, to Evan before we uh, get into this thing here?
3: Just, Evan, think of the children. You know, <laughs>
1: yeah. okay, They, they but, trusted you. But and, here's the thing. There was one game that was a almost certain lock amongst those three. Almost and so a certain I, I put, lock. I put a secondary bet on that game, which covered – my losses from the parlay. So I ended up even. Well, who cares? <laughs> you know what, Evan?
3: Somebody's winnings from that bet were going to go towards their children's new shoes. Yeah. Yeah, Are you yeah, saying yeah, the yeah. kids don't get new shoes, no, Evan? No
2: new cool clothes well, for back to school now.
1: You know what? I was on a I was on a heater throughout that entire uh, World 6s going on.
2: Mm.
1: Like so, you know, Everything right I, now is great. It's bread. a
2: long time in the past now. Stop baby. living in the past, yeah. brother.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> this week. Oh, before you before you do this, before you follow or don't follow our advice here on Lax Glass, sign up to CoolBet. Your first time deposit when you sign up, you get free money. It's pretty simple. Sign up for the account. It takes like two minutes tops to do. Name, email, that kind of stuff. And then before you put in your first-time deposit, put in the bonus code Laxclass. All one word. Up there, top left corner, Laxclass. And whatever you deposit, CoolBet will match you up to $200. They just give you free money at CoolBet. Pretty simple, if you ask me. No-brainer! Bonus code, LAX class. All right, we're going back to the combo here, Evan. We need to win badly here on Lacrosse Classified. So let's put our tiny little brains together and see if we can come up with a winner here this week. Tino, I know you like your over-unders, so why don't you go first and, and lay it on me? What do you got?
3: Yeah, I'm looking at the over of the waterdogs Redwoods game. I look at the Water Dogs as a team that just try to outscore every team in every game that they play. And the Woods, I mean, like, they won over the weekend, but it was against the Cannons. So, like, they sort of had to try to outscore a team. So, I don't know. They're playing a little desperate. The Dogs are playing with a lot of confidence. So, 23 and a half is, uh, is the over that I'm going to go with.
2: Okay. Minus 110. Evan, what do you got?
1: I uh, got uh, Chaos and Atlas and. Chaos.
2: Well, hang on a in, second here. The Atlas yep. are playing the Whip Snakes.
1: Sorry, I might, I might chaos are playing the, the
2: Archers.
1: Sorry, the Archers, not the Atlas. Maybe we should my, just exclude Evan
2: this week, Tino. I mean,
1: yeah, I'm I'm brain dead right now. You you called me three minutes before we were supposed That's, to think. Uh, you I remember you're that. I'm not That's supposed to tell you. people that either. So uh, so, anyways, Archers, uh, chaos. Chaos need a win to lock a playoff spot. I think that. They give him a game. But here's the thing. There is a two and a half handicap here. I was so looking at chaos that. plus two and a half. Still
2: getting good odds at minus one at one Oh five for that too. Right. Yeah. All right. So you're going chaos plus two and a half Six at minus one Oh five. Yep. I will, I will juice things up here a little bit because I always kind of look for like, I hate taking heavy favorites because I just don't feel like you get any value out of that. And if you win, then it's like, okay, you were supposed to win that game. So I look for a game where I think it's a realistic shot for the underdog to win the game. And I'm looking at the Atlas here at plus 140. They do have a plus one plus 1. 1.5 on, on the point spread for minus 110. But just to win the game outright, a plus 140... For the Atlas, and I think they're going to win this game over the Whip Snakes. So give me the Atlas at plus one forty. The over at twenty three and a half in the Water Dogs game at minus one ten. Evan is taking plus two and a half for the Chaos at minus one oh five. Evan, do you want to get your calculator out and, and add all that up, or should we just say search <laughs> it, up there?
1: Yeah, it'll be in the six hundred range, maybe more than that. So.
2: There you go. All right, six. Yeah. We'll just lay it down, jumbo bucks. And I, again, I I don't say this every week, but I, I think this could be the week here, boys. We're we're gonna cash in. And listen, you know, you can lose seven, 10, 12 bets in a row, but when you hit the, when you get it, and you win the big one, all those losses disappear because your bank account just skyrockets. And you forget about all those bets you lost when you win the big one, which I think if you play along here this week, it's gonna happen. Search up lacrosse classified in the search bar there. It'll take you straight to the parlay. Little click oh. and uh, you decide how much money you wanna put down on that thing. Stay cool, bet responsibly. But there is your lax class locks,
1: which means And, and before oh, oh sorry, and before we get ahead. off this one, yeah. uh big congratulations to Cool Bet. They just surpassed one million Customers,
2: wow! How about it? so yeah. Well, they got three right here on the podcast, and I know a lot more <laughs> who listen as well. And don't forget about—we've uh, been kind of teasing this a little bit as we move a little closer and a little further down the line in the summertime here. More lacrosse odds will be available on CoolBet in the coming weeks. That's all I can say. But uh, I think listeners and and gamblers are like are going to be real excited. About what's gonna pop up on Cool Bet. Well, I wanna say like early September. Because so I'll tease it a little bit more if you know what I'm saying. Alright, lax class locks are done. It's time for report cards. Settle down, class. Today is
4: report card day!
0: Today is report card day. It's report card day. I
1: think I'm on report card.
2: class Report Cards, Tino, who are they brought to you by?
3: Uh, Is it Stampede Tack? It is. Uh, it Tino, is.
2: for a guy that just went out to Stampede Tack in Western where just uh, no reads here or anything. I just want you to just tell the people about your experience, the things you saw when you walked around Stampede Tack. I know, you know, boots and belts and ha- just give it to me here. Tell me about it, your experience at Stampede Tack.
3: You walk through the doors of Stampy, Tack, and Western, and your wildest Western dreams will come true. Oh. They'll hook you up huge. You got to go talk to Kevin. He came out of the back to, uh, to come and hang out with me. Took me to the hat section. We already talked about it. He gave me a, a glance of the, of the boot section, yeah. and I told him, like, uh, I'm overwhelmed by the hats already. I'm going to have to come back to take a well, look at the boot section. It, but yeah. the wall of boots was the length of a football field. I swear to God, it was never ending. So whatever your Western needs are from Stampede, Tack and Western, there, there's no other option. That's the only place for you to go.
2: Did you get up on the ceramic horse while you were there?
3: No. Come on. Uh, I was there for a hat jumbo. Come yeah, on. You didn't get yourself a set of Not yet. You know what, Evan? I could have if we hit our last bet. Oh, right, there you go.
2: Screw you. Alright, uh Lax Glass Report cards brought to you by Tack and Westware. Shop online, it's still shopping local, or head out there to Cloverdale at Stampy.ca. Uh report cards, report cards, report cards. Evan, you go first with your report card, please.
1: So this is something that we'll we'll put it in the C range, because it's it's something, but it's It's not. It's not good. It's not bad. But I don't know why that sounded
2: dirty. But put it in the C range, just sounded weird to me. But okay, (laughs) Okay. keep going.
1: Yeah. So, anyways, President's Cup is coming up end of the month here. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be in uh, just outside Edmonton broadcasting. Yeah. And um, I'm conflicted on this, and I'll tell you why. So first off, there's there's some excitement to the effect of. The talent level that is probably going to be at this President's Cup could be greater than we've seen in a long time. You've got Ladner, who has really stockpiled a bunch of NLLers to make a run at this title. You've got St. Albert, who naturally is a senior B team, just because there is no senior A in Alberta. And because of Oakville's withdrawal out in Ontario, they haven't won Ontario yet. They're up three-one here in the finals.
2: Are they? I thought uh, Six Nations was up. Am I wrong on that?
1: No. Uh,
2: Double check, Evan, because I think Six Nations is the team that's up three-one.
1: Well, from, from not reading this right, it looked like Oakville was up. No, Oakville's up three-one.
2: Okay. Well, good to know. So, I'm an idiot. So,
1: Again. so anyways keep in mind Oakville has been supplemented by the fact that Oakville is not playing MSL this summer. So on one end, you're going to have a ton of talent playing for this title. The flip side to it is, is this the right way to go about it? And I look at a team like the Saskatoon Brewers who I'm not sure if they're going or not, but they would have earned their ability to go winning the Saskatchewan title.
2: And they they're gonna they get, go every year, don't they, Evan? I mean, the Brewers la- are a fi- fixture at the Presidents' Cup. Yeah,
1: right. But they're going to get throttled by twenty-five goals or more against these teams. Like <laughs> it's should, not even. Gonna I shouldn't be. laugh, but
2: it's kind of funny. Yeah.
1: yeah, but but it's true. And the way I look at it, Senior A should be the best talent in the country. Senior B should be a secondary level, and that's not happening anymore. So. On one end, you're going to have three teams that are going to be absolutely stacked, and it's going to be a hell of a battle between those three to see who wins. But on the flip side, is it to the detriment of everybody else that that's happened?
2: Well, I'll say this. I'll say a couple things, actually. I'll say that this year, unlike any other, I think is an anomaly, where you're going to see a ton of star-studded talent at the senior B level. But I I think this is kind of a one-off sort of thing and the other thing like we've been seeing this in the east for years and years and years teams going out and and buying up high-end talent to bolster their senior b teams and finally a team in the west said screw it we're gonna do this too and i always think to myself these players that play lacrosse in the summer deserve every single penny that they can get to play And whether that's at Senior A or Senior B, whatever. And the fact that Ross Frelick of the Ladner Pioneers went out and acquired multiple big sponsorships to support his team for a President's Cup run and had the ability and the wherewithal to coax these guys from Senior A to come and play a year of Senior B. And yeah, it took a little stuffing of the pockets to do it, But he went out and did the work, got the money, and got the players. And I don't think he should be criticized or faulted for that, for working harder at at raising the money to do this for his team. And again, I think it's a one-year thing where it's not. this isn't going to happen every single year. You're going to see a bunch of players flood back to the WLA next year. But for a one-off thing and for BC to do it, and try and keep up with the Joneses of the likes of, you know, the the Kahnawake and Aquasasne and Six Nations, bring it on. Um, Level out the playing field here a little bit, and it may not be the best thing for the sport as a whole because, you know, B and A and all the rest of it, but for a one-off year, I'm okay with it, and I can't wait to see the amount of talent at the President's Cup, which I still believe is the hardest tournament to win in our sport
3: know, thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I think I would have a little bit more of an issue with it. If I wasn't pretty confident that it's like, that it's not just like a one-year thing, but I, I agree with you. I think that this is just kind of a one-year thing. And I mean, like Ladner, they, they certainly are worth the price of admission. Like you go watch them. I don't know. They've steamrolled their way through the senior B league here in BC. So I think it's going to be a lot more entertaining to see them at, at the actual president's cup, yeah. but but yeah, it's gonna be uh worth the price of admission. That's gonna be uh gonna be exciting to watch them try to make a run. All right. You're a
2: card, Tino Farrell.
3: Yes, sir. I'm sort of following an Evan suit in the in the C range. I think that's what he, what he said. Um <laughs> I'm gonna go specifically with not, it...
2: tell me that doesn't sound terrible. No, shut going up, going Jumbo. The no, the it doesn't. The C range. <laughs> going in the C range. Okay.
3: I'm uh, I'm going with a C minus and I'm going to the Premier Lacrosse League. Mm. And apparently I'm in the minority here. But these throwback throwback, I'm doing quotation. These throwback jerseys are just not it, man.
2: No, walk like, uh, me through this because again, I didn't watch any PLL this week, and they're like old school mesh, like halter. They're just top. yeah, they're with just,
3: like I think they call them like porthole, like mesh jerseys uh, or whatever. Like I don't know. Like, do you guys want to see like my minor lacrosse field jerseys? Are those sick? All of a sudden, like they,
2: nipples I, popping through the holes and
0: stuff. I man.
3: don't. I don't get the hype the atlas jerseys are they're just a white jersey with blue writing that says atlas i don't know the the archers one was like fine it was the most colorful it was like it was like orange but i have i have a few other issues with it one of them the redwoods were wearing gray shorts and the atlas were wearing black shorts like what is going on there how in the world if if the redwoods want to wear different colored shorts other than green, why is it not yellow, yeah. one of their other colors? And the atlas the same thing. Why are you wearing black instead of baby blue or just white shorts? What's what's up with that? What are you doing?
1: Evan,
2: do you got some thoughts on this?
1: Uh yeah, I the mismatching shorts was a definite miss. He's right on that one. But Cause I, I you guess,
2: strike me as a guy that would, you know, as a kid probably wearing one of these to school and like
1: great. <laughs> field, but... I, I mean, I okay, you and I growing up in the old, you probably had. The, oh, I did. I'd, the, uh, the you know, two tone shirt with the with the big number in front. Yeah, right? you, I had you Marcus Allen had
2: Raiders one. one. I had a Terry Bradshaw yeah. Steelers one. Yeah, I had. Him. I mean, but I, mean, I was also for, like ten years old
1: for a one off. Like this isn't going to happen every week. They probably sold a whole bunch of merchandise. They got a bunch of people watching that they wouldn't normally
3: get watching. It's good
1: marketing for the league.
3: I have one other thing though. Okay. Okay. Do me a favor and go look at the Premier Lacrosse League shop. <laughs> and go look at their their jerseys that they're selling that are supposed to be the the replica jerseys. Oh, no. No. They're completely different. <laughs> Go and compare what they were wearing to what the replica is on the website. It's a joke. I saw a picture of some kid wearing an Archer's one on Twitter this morning. It's not the same jersey. Like, what are we doing here? And, like, my other issue is, like, I don't know, calling them, like, their throwback or heritage jerseys. I get it, what they're trying to say, like, throwback to... That long. But like the league is like five years old. What are we throwing back to year one when yeah. they still weren't the jerseys? Well, I don't listen,
1: know. Listen so the concept mom. is like a Gary
3: Gates era. I get, I like get, it. I get it, but I don't like it. No. And overall, I don't get the hype behind these jerseys. I heard people saying like that. They're like going crazy. Yeah, like, oh, my, my God, money, they're finally doing it.
2: Account's going to be. Well, listen, Tino, you know, I would expect a stern DM or tweet from one Hutton Jackson who was uh, all, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> all over these things. He's going to be a little upset when he hears this.
1: In- but, the, <laughs> but the fact that you brought it up is exactly what the league is after. The league is after engagement, sales, getting more viewers watching, that's exactly what they were trying to do. And I as will, much as you just hated what happened, you fell into, fell into the,
2: the trapped, trap, Tino. You, know,
3: you fell right into <laughs> Maybe the Maybe I fell into the trap, but I will never forgive them for putting gray shorts on the Redwoods. <laughs> okay. That looked ridiculous.
2: Final C-range grade there. C C-minus. 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 So a couple of C-minuses. I will spin it back to the house of positivity here. Boys and I, like I said, we've been talking a lot of Langley Thunder here on on the pod today, and and again, rightly so. You think about what the Langley Thunder have done over the the course of the last seven to ten days, winning their last four games of the regular season to finish first place in the WLA. Their junior team has made it to the BC Junior Finals and are now down to a best of three for a berth to the Minto Cup with a big victory yesterday. They get out and win their sixth game in a row as the senior club to take a 2 nothing series lead in the first round of the playoffs. And everything is going right out there in Thunder Country. By the way, Ken Bucken, we had Rob Bucken on last week, Ken Bucken, Rob's brother, has notoriously only and I don't know if anyone else has, has even noticed this or knew this about Ken, But he has, in this history of his life, only worn white shirts. Whether it's a t-shirt, golf shirt, sweatshirt, whatever. Always white. Well, lately, I've been noticing old Kenny Buck in there wearing the black. And ever since Ken Buckin put on black thunder swag, Langley has not lost. So I don't know if Ken Buckin is ever going back to white shirts or not, but... Just saying out there. Like, I don't know what's going on with that. But the Langley Thunder here over the course of the last week deserve a lot of credit. Again, no All-Stars. Who cares? They're 2-0 in the playoffs. They finished in first. Their junior team is rolling. So the Langley Thunder this week. And let's also add to the fact that they put their junior game up on the web to stream game four. You hear that, Victoria? I want game five online. Uh, So Langley Thunder, A-plus this week from yours truly, who have just had a fantastic week.
1: And what's even more impressive there is the fact that they've got all these players together for this run, and a number of them are NLL free agents. A lot of them don't have contracts right now. If they get injured... You know, they're out a lot of money. So good on them for managing to pull this all together.
2: Speaking of, Tina, before I let you jump in, part of that new CBA now being done. Uh free agency will open up August the fifteenth. And get ready, people, because it is gonna be wild. I guarantee it, there is gonna be a lot of player movement going on and a lot of mm-hmm. signings come August the fifteenth. So just buckle up for that. Thoughts on the Langley Thunder last week, Tino?
3: Yeah, I just, I mean, like, it's like what you and I said earlier in the podcast before Evan came on as well. It's like they're, they just like hit their stride at the right time. It's like throughout most of the regular season, they were like, yeah, we know we're going to get there. And now they're there and it's time to start turning it up. And with the juniors, like, man, I feel like I've been talking about the junior A Thunder like all season long. Like they've been a powerhouse. And I think, you know, like you said last on our uh, last week's episode, like maybe they're overachieving a little bit or they're a little bit ahead of what their their schedule was. But uh, they believe now, though,
2: you know, oh, you he, better believe they yeah. believe when you when you <laughs> when you get to that point of, of your year, like you're not overachieving anymore. You're 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 in the zone and kind of playing at the best of your ability and, and peak performance and all that sort of stuff. So uh, good on the like, brunch. This kid's going to be a player as well, let me tell you. So, A-plus to the Langley Thunder, C-minus to the PLL porthole jerseys. And what would you give, Evan, the C-minus for too many guys playing senior B lacrosse? Let's see. You're not making any
1: friends this week, Evan, I can tell you. (laughs) Well, but it's a case of, is is it good or is it not good? One year, it's good.
2: And that's the way it is. And that is... The end of EP 196 here of Lacrosse Classified. A big thank you to our sponsors once again Stampede TAC, Associated Labels and Packaging, Rycor Construction, Cool Beck Canada, and the New Westminster Sam Bellies. A massive thank you goes out to Brett Froude for coming on the podcast and sharing some time with us here on Lax Class. I want to thank uh, who else do I want to thank? I want to thank the listeners, of course, and you listeners out there. Please go and subscribe and review the podcast wherever you may be listening right now. After that, give us a follow on social media at Ferratino at Shem Lax and at PXP for Sports or our personal accounts. The show is at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, Lax Class on Twitter we got a Facebook page as well and an email address at classified at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week, every week, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. EP 197 is next, but this one is done. Thanks for listening. For Evan Schemenauer and Tino Ferrer, I've been Jake Elliott for the Fastest Game on Two Feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.